Hello, you're listening to the Joys of Teaching Literature. We're talking about all things high school English. Uh, if you want to know more about me, I uh, offer online professional development for high school English teachers, and the wor- uh, website is theteachersworkshop.com. And so today, uh, this is the first podcast since uh, school started. It's obviously been super, super busy because I uh, I, I think I've, I talk about the pool a lot. I manage a pool in the summer and... <clears throat> Um, like a lot to close that down and um, I'm also coaching my daughter's soccer team and school's starting obviously there's a tremendous amount of planning uh, that goes it's really you know it's it's not even the planning it's the um, it's the fact that you're just on <laughs> like fast forward kind of you're just going talking a lot and trying to be entertaining and bring a lot of energy into the classroom and obviously at the beginning of the school year you want to um really use every minute, teach bell to bell, kind of set that that rhythm for the rest of the year. Like this is this is how we do things in my class. You know, we don't have a lot of downtime and transitions need to happen really quickly. You got to know exactly what you're going to do next. And um, so when I, I think starting um, this school year like that is, is really important. So, um, but part of what the way that I start my school year, I've done it in a lot of different ways. I started pretty quick this year because um, well, let me get to the title <laughs> of this episode. That what I'm going to focus on today is storytelling and the personal narrative. And this sort of explaining why I'm talking about that. It's kind of an odd topic to start the year. Um, yeah, and I did start a little bit quicker than normal. I think a lot of teachers are uh, starting a little bit faster and with more energy and assignments and more formal assignments because. We feel like the pandemic's officially over <laughs> as far as our teaching is concerned and we want to get kids back into having some really good work habits and not, um, you know, taking too long to, to turn stuff in and just having high expectations right away. Um, we really, really want to start strong. I think I've been wanting to start strong for the past few years and just hit some hiccups along the way just because, again, all these learning gaps from the pandemic. But um, so so. I did sort of start a little bit faster this year, and I also uh, wanted to give a more formal uh, writing assignment with the summer reading project. I usually don't do too much with that, uh, but I wanted to have a regular essay. I use it as a sort of diagnostic tool so I know where they're at. Um, and I just felt like I needed, I, I needed an essay right away. Other years I just kind of signed something formal and I don't really know where they're at, so um, hopefully that this will be useful. And then I also wanted to give some time in class to write this assignment, which is the formal, uh, yeah, formal, the uh, personal narrative. <laughs> That'd be funny if it was a formal narrative. Um, but uh, it kind of coincides with the college essay. I teach seniors, and most of our kids go to college, so they're sort of scratching their head about what colleges want. And, you know, a lot of the advice that I give is um, based on all of the essays that I've read over the years and what I like and don't like. And, um, so yeah, so that's that. So that's what we're talking about, and I think um, it's a great way to start the year because what I do at the beginning of of, of the year um, is sort of talk about fiction. I like to focus on fiction. Um, I teach AP literature and composition, but just the idea that <laughs> it's just a funny word because you know you this is like so this is our this is our job, right? And we're spending every day and. We're talking about stuff that's not true. <laughs> um, of course, there's tremendous value in it, and there's the art of it. You know, the what writers are trying to do when they write a, a book. 
um, where we're entering the consciousness of a, another character and a, sort of ex- really get the full experience. For us, it's it's more real than reality because reality is actually, you know, has nothing to do with what's happening inside of our heads. We're just saying things, but we're always kind of keeping ourselves in check when we speak out loud because we don't. We're always considerate of other people's feelings and things like that. Um, and we want to present ourselves with a certain etiquette and uh, like a way of saying things and not saying things and all that. Um, but with literature, you're sort of like right into the consciousness of the character. So we have that conversation. Like, so, you know, what is it about fiction that, that is special and, st- and valuable? And how can we learn something from that, th- from the thing that not, that is not <laughs> right. The world that is not the, the characters that are not, of course, these stories are usually rooted in, in some kind of narrative or experience from the writer, and they want to express what they've been through. But it is a world of their own creation. You know, they could do whatever they want with it, especially magical realism, science fiction, different things like that. They're, they're really just constructing this world so that we can learn from it, even though it's not you know, something that actually happened. Um, and of course, the way that they play with reality and perspective and how characters see things and the information we know and don't know and all those different things we know about fiction, um, all of them, all of those things, um, you know, are what shed a light on truth. And um, so that's, so I start the year with that conversation and normally, I think in a, in a normal year, if you're teaching sophomores or freshmen, um, no matter what, who I, who, it doesn't matter who I teach, I always start with poetry because it's the most difficult um, but we really work at it and appreciate it. It's something we can do in class so they can start reading the novel, the first novel uh, at home while we do these poems. We cover all the literary techniques and different things like that. So, um, but because it's seniors and we have this like, you know, looming deadline with the college essay, it is a perfect assignment because it's, you, you basically are like, okay, here's the reason we have this conversation about fiction and, what have we learned from the books that what have you learned from the books that you've read what's the value of them what's the relevance of them what function do they serve in the real world and then we move to okay so you know reading all of these books and understanding somebody else's experiences are obviously really important you know the biggest example the book i always talk about in these conversations is a uh, night by Ellie Wiesel it's like that book you walk away kind of a different person because no one here has experienced anything remotely similar to what he experienced going through a Holocaust. So, you know, that's obviously the sort of heart and soul of why we read, because we want to have and, and really get to be familiar with other experiences, other people's worlds as they live them in different time periods, different countries. And that's what it means to be educated, is to really understand what it's like to be someone else. Have them explain it to you. So that you, in your limited experience, can have many, many um, intelligences, right? Many, many consciousnesses. The more people that you know, the more people that you, where you read their words and, and understand their ideas, the smarter you're going to be. You're not going to be smart on your own. You're not going to be the person who knows everything unless you know and encounter the ideas of other people. It's how you get smart, is by listening to other people, um, of, there's no person that has done everything and knows everything um, by sitting in a in a basement with no books, um, no internet, 
know nothing, right? Like, nobody sits in darkness and suddenly, magically, you know, becomes the smartest guy on the planet, right? So, you know, we have that conversation. <clears throat> then we, then immediately, it's okay, okay, but your story is important too. So it, as, as important as it is to read somebody else's story, it's also very important to figure out your own life and your own experiences, make sense of them and, and understand what they mean and, and understand who you are as a person. You start with it at the beginning of senior year, by the time they graduate high school, or any year, really, you know, if you start with freshmen, every year, right, they should be building on their experiences, having going to different places, meeting different people. Uh, they should be wiser because they've, they've read a, more books. And so they should have more to say every single year. So we should be, creative writing is the heart of soul of what we do. And this is within the genre of creative nonfiction, right, where we can write and tell our own stories, real stories about our lives, um, and I, that's why I kind of think creative writing comes later because if you learn, and this is why I start with this when I talk creative writing, if you start with your own story to begin the year, um, then that's the foundation of all the other stories that you can tell. So now you can go out and you can write from different characters' points of view because if you understand yourself and who you are and what you've been through, then you can kind of take that out and do something with it, do something playful with it, right? Because that's the really fun part of literature is that it's playful with language and metaphors and similes, all that stuff of poetry. And it also plays around with how we tell narratives and the linear nature of narratives. And we play around with that and memories and flashbacks, flash forwards, all that kind of fun stuff where we play around with reality, again, in order to understand it. Um, you know, that's ultimately why it's such a good sort of practice to start with a personal narrative because in a lot of ways too the reason i like it is because i get to know my kids um they tell me this usually kind of personal thing usually sometimes it's really light and funny sometimes it's really personal and deep uh, but i kind of get a sense of their personality and who they are and actually it's one of the most valuable activities about this is that you can conference so you can sit there and <laughs> Yeah, in a weird way, judge their experiences, but really, it's more of just encouraging them. This is what I say to them when I when I look at their essays. I say the main sort of comments that I'll give you is, I want to know more about this part of the story, and then this other part is kind of space that where you're not really um, entertaining me or telling or focusing on the story and focusing focusing on the details of the story. It's just where you're going off on a tangent, making comments and opinions and interpretations of your story just focus on the story your conclusion should be really short your introduction should be really short um, the details uh, of the story itself should be really the thing that's doing all the talking not you right show don't tell um, and so yeah it's, it's it's they learn a lot about basically the narrative style and then once they learn about how to tell a story then it's it's cool to kind of go and interpret you know, we start with Shakespeare after we do the poetry. <laughs> I don't know why I throw them in the deep end kind of <laughs> right away. But I think it makes the rest of the year easier, right? Because if you're going just like poetry, you can't do Shakespeare without understanding how to do a poem line by line. So the whole thing's a poem. Um, and then <laughs> and then I get even crazier and I do Beloved with by Toni Morrison. And so that's even in some ways a lot more difficult than Shakespeare. Uh but again, you need that ability to, you know, interpret a poem to sort of build. So it's building blocks. But then toward the end of the year, because I teach seniors, it's like, hey, let's do these kind of fun, more contemporary stories about 
robots or doors that you can walk through or whatever. Uh, it's a couple different books. I'm thinking about teaching Claire and the Sun this year. But anyway, so, so yeah, so that's basically, um, you know, something I did this year. Instead of doing an icebreaker, I was just like, okay, so let's just focus on this personal narrative thing right away. Um, talk about literature a little bit, and I and because I gave two writing assignments, I wanted to kind of get through it quickly and just start poetry a little faster. I took too long to kind of get going last year, so that's what I was thinking about with the personal narrative. Um, but the idea of symbolism is key, right? Because when you tell a story, the just the facts of that story have a meaning if your reader decides to give them meaning so that's a really important lesson because i think a lot of kids are like oh symbolism like isn't it just a window or isn't it just a pipe or you know isn't it just a light you know or a shadow like you really have to sort of overthink the idea of like why this shadow is falling on this character or whatever it is um and so if they write their own narrative and they really think about the details of the experience that they went through um, then they can sort of appreciate those details because they've done the work telling the story themselves. And of course, when they become creative writers and tell their own stories, fictional stories later in the year, they can really um, <clears throat> pay attention to some of those details. Uh, so we don't want to, you know, there's definitely a balance somewhere between these kids are young, they're not ready f to do that sort of creative writing just yet. Um, you have to do a lot of reading and interpreting literature first before you get there. You know, most writers aren't really famous, great writers until they get older, right? But it's still a very valuable exercise, and, and probably some of the best writers started writing, even if it was terrible, uh, when they were a young age. So while it's important to, to do a lot of literary analysis, it's also really important that we uh, spend some time on these more fun and more personal kind of writing assignments. Um, and I think also at the beginning of the year, it's just a reminder, like, hey, this, this, these kids that we teach are really, they're human beings. Um, you, you know, if you've ever been to a football game, you know, or seen a, the jazz band play or gone to an, you know, an art show where you see a piece from one of your students or uh, you see them, you're, they're a cheerleader or, you know, um, all the different activities. They're, they're speaking to the faculty because they're, your school group is doing something that where they wanted to tell, tell tell everybody about it, something like that, where you're like, oh wow, this kind of you know awkward, quiet kid in my class um, has this very very loud, you know, uh, bold, courageous kind of thing going on outside of school, um, and and so the personal narrative is a way of sort of tapping into that, you know knowledge about your students um, right away and they usually will tell something very personal um, about what the, what they've been through uh, in those stories and, and so that's always a, a sort of good way of starting the year and building those relationships with their kids because they're immediately asking you questions about you know interestingly enough a writing assignment but also their life um, and so you're it's, it's it's this interesting thing where you're sort of helping them understand their own life and and so you're like the comments I give on the college essay are like they're about their own understanding of their own experience and so you want them to have a good conclusion so I'm asking questions about like what can lead them to that good conclusion about what it is they experience and so you're helping them develop as a person as much as you're helping them develop as a writer so that's pretty that's a pretty special thing and that's a that's why we're in such a our job is just so incredible and so we're so lucky to to do what we do because we're in this position to really um tap into that um you know that that um, that that special place that is um 
a, a child's understanding of their own life. You know, and that's what that's what we're there for. So when they talk about the value of fiction, they're there to interpret literature, and in doing so, interpret somebody else's story, but also interpreting their own story, and see connections between the story that they read and their own life, and what they can learn, and what it means for their behavior, and who they are as people. Um, and so when they obviously look at their own story. That's exactly what they're doing, um, and it's great because it's only a, it's only a page. You're not asking for twenty pages. Um, I don't know if a kid wants to talk about themselves for that long, so it's a, it's a really quick, you know, great way. Ref, you know, forget the fact that it's an application essay. You know, I think this is a great assignment for 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 any student in the country, even if they have no idea. You know, or they don't know if they want to go to college. If they know for sure they're not going to college. Um, Everybody wants to write, right? They want to write in a journal. They want to make sense of the things that happen to them. So that's why this is always a really great activity to do and, and is maybe something that, that we should be thinking about doing more often throughout the year and keeping personal journals and that sort of thing. You know, I feel like I'm uh, taking a book, a page out of, uh, what's that movie? Higher Learning, is it? Um, Hilary Swank, is that her name? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I think that's the name of it. Yeah, it's her big thing. Is like, you're going to keep this journal. And um, I don't even think she, she's, I don't think she, she tells him, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to read this. And, you know, it's just for you. And um, I just want you to write all your thoughts in it. I'm just going to kind of see that you're doing it and give you a grade, that kind of thing. So maybe we need to be more like teachers in movies, <laughs> you know, like the Pet, Dead Poet Society uh, kind of character. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's, that's this assignment. Um, so yeah, the the question is like, what is the sort of point of of fiction, and and also one of the questions that I kind of get into is like, what makes fiction different than than nonfiction? And I have a bunch of quotes that I give them, um, and then we sort of that's when we roll into this assignment. Um, so one another, so the so the two things I kind of focus on with this. Um, is the basically the the tone and there's two there's really two what i kind of describe as two two different ways um and if you if you're in more interested in this topic i, I have on in my uh, i have three different um online courses one is specifically for english teachers and it's got a ton of topics in there uh and one is for just any kind of general education teacher and then i have a separate course for just this topic is college essay and so i get more into the, the sort of four t's time theme, um, tone, and topic. And so for tone, there's kind of two elements of, of that. Um, and that is um, basically like the topic doesn't matter. It's how you sound. And so that's the sort of the two different sort of parts of this, right? It's, we're not just going to sit and say, okay, A happened to me, B happened to me, and then C happened to me. It's boring. I'm going to snore. And I've probably heard a story that's kind of similar. You know, people have unique experiences, but not really, right? There's how many billion? Eight billion? I can't even keep track anymore. I think it was six the last time I checked, but I think it's more like seven or eight billion, nine billion people on the earth, right? So people have had similar experiences. So the key thing is how you sound when you tell that story, how you see and understand that story, and how you tell the story is really the, the big part of, you know, that, of, of, you know, making it interesting for your reader and the where they want to get to know you, uh, and and continue to read more. Um, so the first way is through literary techniques. So we're talking, you know, all different kinds of metaphors like personification, um, synecdoche, metonymy, uh, you know, uh, 
similes, of course, symbolism, apostrophe, if you want to throw that in there. Um, I guess sound devices are always kind of interesting, but mostly figurative language, right? It's this way, again, where we take the, the reader away from reality with metaphors, not with similes and symbolism, right? But with just metaphors and, and, and figurative language. Uh, like the like the what's the one uh, pathetic fallacy right where you kind of give the element of nature some kind of human quality that sort of thing, um, so that's what's going to make it interesting because when you use those techniques then you're you're taking this fact of your life and you're making it come alive, uh, and and you're making it easy to understand the emotions behind that fact of your life by comparing it to something else. Um, so and 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 again, the, the value of that is you're not just saying the writer used this technique for this purpose, which is obviously the heart and soul of what we do. Um, but it's also, you know, you can do this. See, like if you make a simile here, you're deliberately describing this in a way to to give it meaning. And and so why is it ridiculous when we do it as students, right? We see the, the they get to see the value of the interpretation if they're if they're actually writing something themselves um and so you know they have to understand those techniques first so in 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 this little unit i will and it's also part of the poetry unit i basically teach those techniques i think there's really only 15 that are that are important for kids at this age you know there's the i have this one book that's like a thousand pages long of all these different literary techniques and terms and different things um, it's it's humongous. Um, so, but really, as far as being able to identify them, use them, um, uh, there's about 15, and I have a, a I have a couple different things online if you're interested in that, um, where I have different examples from from poems uh, that are sort of you know here's the technique, and then I also interpret it uh, so that students can see how to interpret it. Um, so I go through all of that to give them the sort of foundation of how to write their own personal narrative because they need to make that part of it because that is your 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 that is your perspective. Think about it. That's how you tell the story is your perspective, and that is ultimately going to be achieved through literary techniques. Uh, we take the reader away from reality in order to express that reality more clearly. Here's some examples. You know, was, uh, Elizabeth Bish was one of my favorite poets, and in the fish. Yeah, ultimately, she could have just said, I saw a fish. <laughs> right. Um, but what, what, what's in your head when you hear that? I saw a fish. Like, what fish do you see? What do you, what do you imagine with that? But, but the line from the poem is, here and there, his brown skin hung in strips like ancient wallpaper. Right. So ancient wallpaper is, there it is. Right. And even that has its own set of different sort of meanings that you can bring to it you know what is what is, if this is fish as a person you know what does that mean that they're covered in something that it's old that it's that's falling apart um but but also beautiful and something that's kind of holy like something ancient right um and so another example is uh so that's more than just i saw the fish <laughs> right uh in dylan thomas's my craft or sullen art I remember trying to memorize this in college. 
and I had it. I had it. I don't know why I tripped over it. It was just like the pressure of saying it. And I think I like might have missed class. So I had to like do it one on one with the teacher. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to mess this up. And then I kind of did. But I definitely memorized that poem. And I remember, remember I don't know if you ever had to do this, but I had to memorize. Uh, actually, it's, it's, his name's uh, Thomas Sayers Ellis. Uh, he's a great, great poet, one of my favorite poets. And he made us <laughs> memorize this six page poem and i just thought is this guy like is he nuts like we have to like six pages like is he out of his mind like who's gonna be able to do this and so i just i don't know i just sat in the somebody told me like oh if you read something seven times like one line seven times you got it like you're gonna memorize it so i literally was like okay so if i just read each line the first line seven times, and then the next two lines seven times, and then the next three lines seven times. And I basically just reread this poem over and over and over again in that way. I'm going to memorize this poem. And I did. I just sat in this coffee shop. It took me one afternoon where I just literally just you know read it over and over and over again. And the test was basically just write the poem. Like, remember as much as you can, write the poem down. And I wrote the whole thing. He probably thought I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, so anyway, in Craft or Song Art, he could say, I like to write. Right? That's, that's basically what he's saying in there. Um, the line is, from the raging moon I write on these spindrift pages. Right? So that's all. You know, it's such a great line. From the raging moon I write. You know, it's, it's almost not a met like it's a metaphor, but it's almost not. You're like, he's on the moon and the moon is raging and he's writing up there. You know, um, it's almost something you want to believe. But you're like, oh, yeah, right. So a moon can't is can't do that. That's a metaphor. And to sit on a moon. OK, so what does that mean? Right. Why is he up on the moon and why are this this pages spin drift pages? You know, why do they have this quality of of uh of water kind of falling at the, off of a, of a wave or flying off of a wave, you know, as you kind of you know, turn a page. Um, it's such a cool image. And uh, so, yeah, so that, so that like I like to write becomes extraordinary when you use a literary technique. So using examples like that, and you're, so you're not saying like as a teacher, like I know what you should be doing. Listen to me. I know everything. You're like, hey, here are these examples see how much better they are and so uh that's a, there, there's this kind of exercise that we do with show don't tell that that basically has to do with that where it's like here's this boring statement isn't it terrible and it's short and it's an opinion thing versus like okay so here's this really lengthy description of this thing that's, that that kind of communicates the same thing uh, the other so that's one thing and then the other with personal storytelling uh the other thing is um being authentic um, and actually one activity that I, I've written about in another blog on this topic is uh, recording a reading of your own voice <laughs> like a podcast um, but when you tell the story and you just press record and you're, you're just telling to somebody who hasn't heard the story before you do all the things that you're going to do in an essay you have an introduction you tell the story you have all the details as evidence to back up your kind of argument of from your introduction about what happened to you and then you have your conclusion and that's what you learned from that experience right it's a lot like a regular essay um but it's also in your own voice so you're going to be a little more spontaneous you're going to be more real you're going to be more entertaining because you're going to 
you know, sort of you know, open your eyes wide and you have body language and you're going to get really into the telling of the story to get that person to understand the emotions that you were feeling while you were having that experience. Um, so, because so, what happens is when students write, they, they become the people that we, we've taught them to become, which is a person without emotion who's just delivering information and is making and they're making an argument. And so they lose who they are when they do that because they kind of need to, right? They're, if they're going to be in an academic setting, a professional setting, or, or you're going to be a scholar, you know, maybe a journalist, think about a doctor, right? They sit in these meetings and they're like debating what treatment is the best treatment for the patient. They can't be messing around. Like nobody wants a joke in there, right? Uh, scientists, business, you know, business people, if you're talking about millions of dollars on the line for something um you got to be there's certain level of seriousness where you take you got to take the the wittiness out of it um but at the same time <laughs> um in everyday conversations and, and especially in today's visual world where a lot of people stand on the stage and, and speak um and and again in meetings where everybody's sort of listening to you um and, and you're trying to make a point about you know what product you should sell in your stores or whatever it is, uh, or this new product that you really believe in. Um, even in these professional settings, think about a doctor who's got to deliver some bad news to somebody or some good news, or just, you know, is having a conversation with their uh, patient. Um, you still, no matter who you are, you want somebody who's honest, who's sincere, uh, and, and you want them to, to be able to express their opinion and, and their own experiences. You want them to be somebody who's relatable, like whether it's somebody serving your food or, you know, washing your car. You want to be able to sort of talk to somebody. Um, you want to, well, you want everybody, we want all, we all want everybody to be real and compassionate people who are able to connect to each other. And, um, you know, so that's the other sort of challenging part is to find, to get that, Voice, it, the real life voice, you know, when we're exchanging information with people or trying to express how we feel about something like a politician or a sports game, uh, we want people to be, to be themselves and not a robot. And we want that to come out in their writing. And so that's the other sort of challenge is to get students to, to think about how they can sound in real life. They're not going to be cursing and <laughs> throwing slang around and, and little expressions like, you know, or. Uh, you know, different. I'm sure I have my my different things that I throw out that annoy people. <laughs> uh, but you don't. So you don't want to have that in there, like a Holden Caulfield. But you want, you know, you want uh, you want them to sound like themselves. There's a little. There's an essay online called uh, "How to Write the College Application Essay or Personal Narrative" uh, by William Zinner, I think, and his argument is. There's little local expressions we use. We don't realize. I think the example he uses is this older guy um, was telling a story. I can't remember. If it was in writing. He was saying, "Oh, that kid would never amount to anything." You know, that's that's something that you wouldn't put in writing, but but is very much just an. Exp- it's like these expressions that we always use. Um, so you want to find a place for those to make it feel more real, like you are sitting down with the person, hearing them talk, and getting to know them, because that's ultimately what you want when you write. Um, often students don't believe in the value of their own story. Uh, they're embarrassed to talk about, you know, like my life's boring, you know, I play video games, my family, my brothers, like who wants to hear about that? Or, you know, even like things they like to eat. I use the example of a great college uh, essay where 
uh, student's first line was like, cheese is life and life is cheese. And it was all about eating cheese. And it was brilliant. It was creative. It was super entertaining. Talked about different places. He ate different cheeses. Um, but they think, they convince themselves that whatever it is they experience is boring because they live in the suburbs or wherever. And it's like, who wants to hear my story? I, hear, I read all these great classic novels about all these crazy things that people experience. You know, nobody wants to hear from me. So that's also uh, part of the challenge is, is to try to encourage them to, to find a memory that symbolizes their personality and what they've learned from living. Um, so in my online courses, I, I, have, I play this, I explain this sort of game that I play, and I'll give you all the topics that I have, where they basically just like pick this uh, topic from an index card and tell a story about that topic. So it might be like, I don't know, cooking or rain or shoes, you know, something random. And whatever memory pops into their head about that, that topic, they tell that story to everybody. So everybody's just like telling stories all period long about their lives and they get ideas about things that they could possibly write about if they don't have ideas. Um, so that's sort of this like fun, fun thing they can do uh, to connect again, this idea that, that um, they're thinking about their stories and understanding themselves and expressing that understanding of themselves to other people, even if it's something silly like this is my favorite pair of shoes or this is my favorite ice cream or I go to this ice cream place. You know, that, that, this, is the, this is the stuff that makes really great, huge novels about life. Um, those kinds of scenes where we're in an ice cream shop or we're shopping for shoes and they become symbols of something. It's the start. It's a start, right? And that's, that's what we're doing as teachers is we're getting them to start thinking of themselves as a storyteller um, and they're also thinking about all of the stories that they, they read and they listen to you know, Netflix and Amazon video and all the million, I can list 600 streaming <laughs> services now um, with all these different sort of literary stories that are all around them. And so we want them to think about those things and be a part of it. And uh, that's what this um, first assignment really gets them to start thinking about. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed it, please leave me a review. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you.